in house back gathering together. You see, if you've ever been part of a football crowd or something like that, they chant, they sing songs. It is very tribal. This is our tribe. And so we sing together. And you know what? Most people, I believe, can say, even if there's some of us that love certain songs, most of us can sing. Most of us don't like the sound of our own voice. And so our worship is about a volume that helps in the most tone-deaf of people to worship with. And it also helps those of us that are standing next to a tone-deaf person to worship with. That's why we do these gatherings. I, I read this blog in the summer by another church pastor. It caught my eye because it was entitled How to Radically Improve Your Church Experience. And I thought, that sounds interesting. So I read on. He suggests one simple change. Show up 15 minutes before the service starts and hang around 15 minutes after the service ends. What he suggested was that it will, uh, it will make worship far more impactful, the pastor far more insightful, you'll make new friends and you'll find a way to get involved. Now, I know as I share that, some of you think that is absolutely impossible. I want to encourage you to give it a go. So, in your own mind, you're here for a 9.30 service. Why don't you think about turning up for a 9.15 service? Because it is very hard if you come running in to, to kind of get in that right kind of space to go on a journey of worship. You see, in terms of our worship, if we're, it can feel a bit like we're coming to a bus stop, but the bus has already driven off. And it can feel a bit like we're chasing the bus down the road and we may never catch up again. So I want to encourage you to give that a go. To recalibrate our Sunday worship. Just give it a go. You'll you'll get more coffee and donuts. Second part of the journey is a revelation of who God is. We gathered, we then had this revelation of who God is. The Psalms are so helpful to us in this. So let me just read verses 1 to 5 again. Come, let shout praises to God. Raise the roof for the rock who saves us. It's a reminder that God is so solid, so faithful, and he saves us. Let's march into his presence singing praises, lifting the rafters with our lips. And why? Because God is the best. That is a reminder that he is unequaled. He's high king above all the gods. Just in the context of musical 
our worship just be packed into an extremity that's like being wrapped up in the loving arms of God and quite God for me just being a child is enough. Deeply impactful for me. The revelation of who God is because that's what worship does. It helps to remind us of who God is. So we gather getting this revelation of who God is it leads to the third part of the journey which is our response. How are we going to respond to this? Verses 6 and 7. So, come, let us worship. Bow before you, on your knees before God the Maker. For yet He is our God. And we're the people He's marked to be, the flock He leads. Now here's a few other things that we deeply value in Christian worship. We value worshipping with simplicity. What that means is that we come as we are and we bow down before God. Because sometimes I hear people pray a prayer that goes something like this, Lord, as we come into your presence, we leave behind the things of the day. And there's something in me that's thinking, no. Worship is not an escape from reality. Worship is ultimate reality. We come as we are with all of our troubles and trials and tribulations, all of the stuff, the good and the bad and the ugly, and we come as we are into the presence of the one who loves us. And we find ultimate reality in God. Integrity also means that we want our bodies to be aligned with our hearts and what's coming out of our mouth. You see, imagine me standing here There's a, there's a gap in integrity at that point. You see, as we recognize that God is king in our worship, we may find that we are on our knees because of temptation. As we remember God's goodness, we may clap, we may jump around a little bit as we remember that. We may raise our hands in worship, not to be part of the crowd because that one seems to be tasteful, but because of what it says about the one that we're worshipping. You see, why do you raise your hands? Because why would people raise their hands in worship? Well, why do we raise our hands out of time? Because we think it's like, when you're in a crowd, you're probably just your dog. You celebrate the goodness of God. The other time is if you walk into a bank and somebody's got a stocking over their head and a gun. And that's another dynamic of worship, isn't it? We surrender. Thank you. 
the same time. We've invited him to change our God. We're the people he's pastoring. The flock is feeding. It's a reminder that we're coming into the presence of the one who loves us. The one who does not leave us on the rock. The one who pastors us. The one who feeds us, protects and drives us. And so we find ourselves in that place where we're keeping these children coming back. Whether or not, Everything. If you hold 